everyone, and welcome to the first episode of season three of the Holly Auckland podcast. Today, we are lucky to have uh, Mr. Warford. He is a UI designer at uh, Career Foundry. And uh, just to like quickly start, uh, could you quickly give a brief in- introduction um, about who you are? And then and after that, maybe you can kind of get into um, like your background and your childhood and how that kind of influenced your, uh, your career choices. Absolutely. Well, first off, let me say uh, thanks for having me on, guys. And uh, um, I'm glad that you reached out to me. Um, and uh, I, I got to say, I'm impressed with uh, how professional and just uh, and organized you guys are. And, and you've got your own podcast. And, you know, most kids at your age are uh, spending a lot of time playing Fortnite, I think. And, and, uh, so I, uh, it's, uh, it's admirable, uh, that you guys are, are doing this and I think it's really cool. And, uh, so just a little bit about, um, my background. Um, so I don't want to, I don't want to bore you too much with my personal story, but, uh, I'll try to include, um, kind of relevant details to, uh, to how I, got into this field and um, the things that I think have um, helped me get there. Um, so I didn't, I didn't really grow up uh, great with computers. Uh, I didn't have a smartphone until 2013. Um, I, I was not great at graphic design and I, I'm still not. I don't consider myself great at it. And um, I, I do not have a formal college degree. Um, I grew up in a lot of art classes, doing a lot of drawing and painting. And um, in high school, I was I was in an AP art class, and I got a four out of five on my AP art portfolio, and uh, and got some credit to um, skip some classes in college. And I went to CSU and studied fine art for a year. And um, then later, I ended up uh, studying industrial design at uh, Metro State in Denver, um, and then sort of uh, the winds sort of blew me across the ocean to China, and I was uh, I went to China to visit my brother, and he was living there, and um, and I liked it there, and thought that uh, the culture and the um, the language were very interesting, and so I ended up moving there, where I lived there for about four years, um, teaching English and studying Mandarin Chinese at a university. Um, I met, that's where I met my wife, uh, who is a native of uh, Sichuan province in China. And in, uh, in 2015 or 16, we moved back here to Denver, Colorado. Um, at the time I was trying to kind of make it as an artist and I uh, was writing and illustrating some books and doing some uh, medical illustrations for a physical therapist and, and um, just uh, trying to make ends meet. And um, in 2017, we had our, uh, our daughter and my first child. And so I kind of, uh, kind of hit me that I really needed to, to get my stuff together and, uh, and, <clears throat> and to support my family and provide uh, for my family. And so I, um, I sort of thought that I would want to try to get into tech because I knew that um, there were a lot of people without um, college degrees who are able to make it in tech, and I knew that um, that the pay is good and and the work seems uh, challenging and, and exciting, 
And so I took a, a six month web development, full stack web development bootcamp uh, that was run out of the University of Denver. Um, after that, I, I tried to apply for probably about a hundred um, developer jobs and just wasn't hearing back barely at all, if at all. And so I was uh, sort of frustrated at that time. And, and honestly, I never really felt that uh, development was quite the right fit for me. I, um, you know, I got a good understanding of all of the a range of technologies from front end to back end to kind of modern JavaScript uh, libraries like uh, Angular and React. And I sort of got how everything worked, but I, I was just never great with the, uh, you know, creating functions and, uh, and the, the logic of coding. Um, so around that time I was building a, I was um, building a portfolio website and uh, I sort of discovered the field of UX UI design and, and uh, started looking more into it. And, and I just felt that it was a really good fit for me and it had um, kind of a creative aspect to it, um, which, which I thought would be a good fit for me. And so then I, uh, I registered for an online bootcamp with uh, Career Foundry. And um, I also had sort of a, a friend who was starting a, a DevOps bootcamp. Um, and so I kind of worked as an intern uh, with his company collaborating on GitHub a little bit. And that was sort of my first experience with Agile, just sort of um, the meetings structure and, um, so then, it, uh, anyways, at the time I was in the Career Foundry UX course, and uh, before I even finished that, um, I actually got an internship at a company called Open Technology Solutions that does uh, tech services for three different credit unions. One of them being um, Belco Credit Union, which is uh, here in in Denver, Colorado. Um, and so that's um, kind of how I got into the industry and. Um, and now I'm, I just started a new job uh, this week. Uh, I actually got laid off from my old job about a month ago and, and, um, so, and just started at a new company called Motive Care that is, has moved their headquarters here from Atlanta. And uh, I think it's a really exciting company. They offer um, a ride service and a uh, food delivery for folks who kind of need extra care. So it's a, it's a service that's paid for through health insurance um, for folks who just um, need a little help, extra help so that they, they can't really just take Lyft or Uber or use um, some of the other services. So um, yeah, I just got started there this week and it's been awesome. And um, yeah, I'm just um, excited to share some more with you guys. <laughs> That's, that's a really awesome background and congratulations on the new job. Um, Thank you very much. So one question I had is you mentioned a lot of like, I think you did a lot of schooling like in here and then in China, you said you never really finished a formal degree. Mm -hmm. um, when you decided to get into development design, did you consider going back to school or did you kind of just know like I should try these online boot camps instead? And if so, where did you get that idea? <laughs> yeah, I guess... Um... I guess I considered, um, I actually was considering finishing my industrial design degree um, because I was pretty much, I finished all my general studies. I think maybe my last general studies that I would need was a, a statistics class or something. 
And then from there on out, it would all be pretty much um, major specific classes specific to industrial design. But but it was going to be, you know, two years probably to finish the degree. And um, and I was really hoping to just get get into the industry quickly. And from just from the research that I had done, I thought that this uh, that the boot camps offered a, a good opportunity to do that. So kind of talking about like boot camps and your software development uh, pursuit, um, I, I was kind of wondering how come or why do you think that like you said you emailed or apply for 100 plus jobs um, and you said none responded. So do you have like a, I guess, some sort of idea as to why that happened and maybe um, like what you learned from that experience of not getting any, you know, any emails back and then possibly some advice for people who might be interested in, you know, uh, trying to apply for uh, software development jobs? Sure. Yeah, I think um, to be frank, I think um, I, 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 don't, I didn't have the skills I, and I didn't have the, the portfolio or the background to quite earn my way uh, into a development position. And also, <clears throat> I've heard that Denver is a, a, a very high percentage of uh, college graduates and uh, a lot of uh, just highly educated people here. So it probably didn't help that I was uh, applying in this market. Um, but um, yeah, I guess it, uh, it's just very competitive and I, and I really, I don't think I had the skills for it. So you were just talking about how like you didn't have the skills maybe at the time, but one thing that I was kind of reading about your story was the mentality, right? Because despite having like faced so many hardships, having been declined by so many jobs, you still persevered to try and make something of your career. And now you're successful. You just got a job. And so I just wanted to say, especially for younger people like us who haven't experienced that first like decline from a job, what would like, what would you tell us if that happens and when that happens? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's obviously it's going to happen to everybody who goes out there and applies that you're going to have rejection. And that's, uh, that's a tough thing to deal with. Um, especially, you know, for certain people more than others, maybe, but, um, I think, uh, another thing, a thing that I've realized is that not all, you know, not all development jobs are exactly the same and not all design jobs are exactly the same every role is, has little different, um, um, requirements, you know, that they want you to, for example, for a developer, you know, some jobs are going to want you to know C plus or some jobs are going to, are going to be more front end jobs. And for designers, some, uh, some jobs are going to want you to be real UI design specific skills where some are going to be more, maybe a UX research type role. And so I think, um, so for one, um, you need to find the, the position that's a really good fit for your skills and, and you need to be able to deal with rejection. And um, you just need to have the mindset that, okay, I didn't, um, I didn't make it this time. I just need to go back uh, to the drawing board and try to put more case studies in my portfolio, try to add more code to my GitHub, uh, try to you know, add some uh, some certifications and just uh, kind of do have a, a period of sustained work to try to improve your 
profile and then go back out and, and give it another shot. Yeah, okay. So I guess um, since you have that background of being, you know, transitioning from software development to UI, uh, we were wondering, I guess, what are some of the differences between like UI design and I guess like software development? And um, I think you touched on this, like how easy transition was, but kind of what, what kind of things from software development were kind of transferable to UI design? And I guess, I mean, similarly, I guess, considering some of the strikeouts that we were talking about, uh, what did you kind of improve on uh, to go from your, you know, your software development career to a UI design career? So kind of like comparing and contrasting those two, um, those two and their experiences with them. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, well, uh, yeah, software uh, development is, you know, of course, uh, getting into the uh, code editor and and uh, writing out functions and and figuring that all out. And then the design end, of course, is just uh, it's a little more human, uh, human centered or human oriented. And um, and I think the experience um, uh, in my coding boot camp was definitely uh, super valuable just to to understand how um, you know how the website is put together and and sort of understand the the possibilities and the limitations and um, and also I think it, to have just to have an appreciation of how difficult it is to to build software and to to create a website and to you really, uh, you really, you value the uh, the developers, and you you really appreciate them when you know how hard that type of work is, and then you really try to to do your job as a designer to kind of make it as easy as possible for them to build your site and try to use the uh, you know kind of components that they're familiar with, or just make things easy on them. Um, but I think a lot of the uh, the experience was um, definitely valuable, and just to have the uh, the certification uh, and and on my resume uh, was definitely one of the keys uh, to getting into the industry. I think. Okay, so I guess now that we kind of have a good understanding of your background, you spent a good amount of time learning about your journey and your background. Um, I think what's probably more interesting uh, would be kind of like, what do you do on like a day-to-day -day basis? What does UI like design really entail? What does it mean? And like, what does like a normal work day look for you? Cause I, it's Friday. So I assume you uh, went to work today. So I guess, um, what does like work look like? Mm -hmm. Sure. So one thing um, that I'm really uh, finding out firsthand now is that I'm sure you guys have heard of agile and almost all tech companies, I guess, use agile methodology. And, and what that is, is a, uh, it's a methodology for um, developing complex products. So it doesn't necessarily have to be software, but um, so some of the things that agile, um, that comes with agile is a certain set of meetings. And uh, there's, so there's something called a sprint. So different companies will have a, two-week sprint and some will have a three-week sprint and that's kind of most I think most common is a two-week sprint and so um, your sprint will at, at my current company and at my former company we're both start your sprint starts on a Thursday and then it goes for two weeks um, 
And so you have uh, at the beginning of the sprint, you have sprint planning. Um, and then every day in the morning, you have stand up. So that's uh, stand up. You just go and you meet with certain teams. So at my current company, I have uh, I have two stand up meetings that I go to every morning at, you know, there's at 8.45 and then one at nine. And you just sort of check in with the team and you you let them know uh, what did I do yesterday? What am I working on today? And are there any blockers? And so there's some of these terms like blockers, which just means is there any issues that's preventing you from, uh, from getting your work done? Um, and then at the end of the sprint, you have uh, you have a sprint review where you you look at what you got done, and uh, and then you have a sprint retro where you you talk about a, a retrospective, and you so you talk about what you what you did well, what you didn't do well, um, what you can improve on, and try to um, just kind of gel with your team on stuff like that. Um, just this morning, I had a product backlog refinement meeting, which is looking at the uh, the stories, uh, they're called user stories, are like the tasks that um, are to be given to developers to and, and by developer in Agile, I'm a developer and every, so every, pretty much everyone is a developer, quote unquote, um, in Agile. So it, that just means that you're one of the people who are working to complete these tasks um, to build this product. Um, so I'm finding out that uh, at my current company, a lot of this type of framework is very similar uh, to my to my last one, and so that's made it kind of easy to um, to transition. And so I, I, that probably didn't give you a real clear idea of the the work uh, that I do, but more of a framework of how it gets done. Um, but I can try to uh, I can try to give you some specific examples, but. Um, what I guess, what would you like to know specifically about about the work that I do? Well, I guess one of the main assumptions like that we have, I guess, for for UI UX developers, like oh, they're looking at things like what a page looks like, layout, like colors, what is appealing mm -hmm. to a user, and well, I'm sure like that possibly is a part of the job. Um, it's probably not the whole of it, so we kind of wanted to learn what is what exactly like what what parts of integration, what parts of the entire design does it develop? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, so I think there's kind of a, there's a bit of a perception that uh, UX and UI design is kind of just like graphic design, but with an added element that it's, you're creating a picture that's interactive. Um, and I mean, in the, the end result is uh, in UI design that is sort of doing that, but that's kind of the, uh, kind of the last step uh, or one of the you know steps in the process but there's a lot of work that is done that I mean I guess just to put it simply it's uh, it's about solving problems and so there's always there's complex problems um, that need to be solved and a lot of the times when you start a project um, you don't you don't know what the what the final UI is going to look like and you don't, a lot of the times in the beginning of a project, I try not to even picture what the UI is gonna look like because I'm trying to think more in terms of, of um, in the beginning of what is the problem. 
and uh, and communicating with people and figuring out um, what their problems are and how this product is going to make their life easier in some way. And um, and then there's a lot of research sometimes on uh, you'll do competitive analysis and look at similar products and and um, and then a lot of the times uh, it's great to do flow charts to figure out. So before you know what, before you're even thinking of in terms of web pages or screens, you think in terms of kind of a flow, a user flow, and uh, try to identify the steps in a process and identify the decision points where the user's path might will diverge and go to two different directions or uh, or loop back and repeat steps again. And, and so I try to really, um, before I even picture the final UI, I try to figure out those problems. And then, and then it makes it a lot easier to, once you have that figured out to kind of get into the, the visual and the, the interaction design and, and that type of stuff. Yeah, so for this question, it probably varies by company, but at your current job, like if you run into these technical problems or like these blocks, like where would you go for help? Is there any other like UI designer you work with or how does your team work and how do you get help when you're like run into, run into a block? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so a lot of times you'll, um, your, uh, your scrum master. So the scrum master is sort of the, the person who runs the stand-up meetings and, and just checks in with everybody to see uh, how they're doing. And they'll a lot of times ask if you have any blockers and if there's, anything that they can do to help. Um, so sometimes it might be something that the scrum master could give you a hand with, or you might need to, uh, to have a little more communication with the developer um, and, and they'll help you out with that. Or it could always be a, uh, a technical issue that you're having with your machine. And then in that case, you need help from the IT team. And, um, and so, yeah, depending on the, uh, depending on the problem you'll sort of go to different places to solve it. And I, and I found that that's, um, that's a skill kind of in and of itself. I think working in tech is knowing, uh, just understanding who everybody is, what everybody does and how they can help you and knowing um, where to go for help for which problems is a, is a is sort of one of those soft skills, I guess, that is super Super important for sure. Yeah, so kind of moving away from the, what you do in like a workplace setting into the technical components of UI. Um, one thing that a lot of us wonder about when we're developing like small projects is how do we make sure we display all the content we need to, but keep it simple. So in, in design, how do you strike a balance between functionality and simplicity? Yeah, um, I'm a big believer in, and I like to try to make my designs as sort of minimalist and functionalist uh, as they can be. So I try to think about removing, just removing everything that's uh, not necessary, anything from just components on the page to, to uh, just small graphical elements that, and really think about if they really need to be there or not. And um, it's sort of a, it is a challenge sometimes to decide um, when you're, when, for example, if you're walking a user through 
um, an onboarding process or or a uh, or some kind of application. Um, there's kind of a balance between um, you don't want to put too much on the page to overwhelm the user, but you also don't want to make them walk through too many steps um, and you know too many clicks to get something finished. Um, so that's a tough one. That's tough, uh, tough to answer and really give a um, kind of a guideline for that. But it's sort of a case specific, I guess, and and um, it really depends on what type what type of process uh, you're trying to get get through and um, and how much information. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a balance there. Um, yeah. So I had a quick question. So um, how much code do you actually like need to do in UI design? Because I know a lot of people are like, they don't want to jump into the tech field because say they don't like code. So how much code is actually involved in it? Um, not, not much, if at all. For me, I, I, the only time I've written any code at work was just kind of for fun. Um, and uh, I, so there are folks, um, uh, for example, at my previous company, who her title was lead UI engineer. And so she was a designer who had also worked for 10 years as a developer. So she did both. But in most cases, as a UI designer, you won't you won't really be asked to write code. Um, but you'll you will be you'll you will need to kind of understand how uh, the code works and you will be asked by developers to go and sort of and look at documentation about uh, the code for different components. Um, so that, yeah, I guess you, you won't really be asked to write a lot of it, but you'll need to sort of reference it and understand it at times. So one of the more important parts, right, of a company, of course, are customers. So I wanted to ask, right, if a customer's desires may not like always result maybe in good UI, like how do you kind of compromise between doing what the customer wants while also providing a good UI to make it look good? Yeah, um, honestly, in my professional work, I haven't had a lot of um, direct uh, interaction with customers. And in my previous company, I, they there really wasn't a lot uh, in terms of UX artifacts of, uh, customer interviews or personas or anything like that. So um, at my past company, it was, you're sort of designing for the customer by way of the product owner. Um, so the pro there were product owners from each credit union and they would, I'm sure, meet with customers and try to understand their needs. And so often you would present your design to the product owner and they would kind of know, they would kind of have something in mind about what the customer um, needs and what they would be thinking about this. Um, so that's kind of how things work there. At my, at my current company, there's a little more, um, I just got actually access today to some, uh, some user interviews and some personas and some kind of um, surveys. Um, so at my current company, we have we have kind of uh, three personas that I'm focusing on to design products now, which is the uh, the member or the client who is using the services, 
And the agent who is the driver, often either a delivery driver or, or a, you know, driving for the ride app. Um, and then there's also an administrator. And so they're the one who are kind of looking at, um, at the health insurance information and connecting, connecting everyone. Um, so now I have, I feel like I have a little better um, feel for, for what the customer needs and what all of these uh, entities and their, their pain points. And um, so I think really, I'm really the customer is the most important thing. That's uh, you need to build a product that they like and that, and that um, makes their life better and, uh, and just helps them in some way. So that's, um, that's the most important thing. Cool. So I was also wondering, how do you continue learning while you're still on the job? So for example, are you still trying to learn new software to expand your knowledge base? So for example, I know you started your first position while you were still learning uh, UI and UX. So how do you just continue keeping up with these? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think... Um... I think it's really important to to keep learning and pushing your skills, especially in tech, because one, because things are moving and changing so quickly, and two, because it's it is very competitive, and uh, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who are entering you know entering the job market every day. So um, I think that's something that I really try to do and make a priority when I can. <clears throat> At my last company, I. Uh, I did some training. I did a four-day. Uh, my company sent me to a four-day course on developing user requirements. So that is um, basically what you need to do at the beginning of every project to understand what the what the software needs to achieve and and how it needs to do that and how quickly. And um, so that I think was uh, really a big help for me to add to my. Uh, my resume, uh, just to better understand that, because oftentimes uh, in the beginning of a project as a UX designer, you will need to um, gather requirements and sort of develop and manage requirements. Um, and I also, uh, I paid for myself to go take a, uh, the Scrum Certified Product Owner course uh, a few months back, and just to better understand um, sort of what product owners do in uh, just managing and creating user stories and uh, deciding which features to build out. I learned a little bit about how to calculate uh, ROI to see like, you know, should I build this feature first or should I try to do this one first and which what's gonna give the most value to the clients. And, and um, I think that was really valuable. I also, uh, a while back, but after I had already uh, gotten my internship, um, I took a voice user interface design course with Career Foundry with the same uh, outfit, the same um, online learning platform that I, where I learned UX and where I'm now a tutor. Um, I think that, um, I think that the voice UI design is, it's kind of in a weird place right now because it's, people you know people have Alexa and and um, and maybe some people use uh, voice commands on their phone or in their car but um, I feel like that technology is bound to uh, to get to a place where it's more common and more commonly used and so I wanted to 
And also I was just inter interested to see how it differed from a graphical user interface. And so, um, so I was happy to be able to learn about that. And um, so, yeah, I think that's one of the most important things to stay, uh, to stay competitive and, and be, be a good candidate in this industry is definitely just to keep learning and, and expanding your skill set. Yeah, so you mentioned a lot of your courses aren't like directly about UX, UI design, they're more like company-based. Do you plan, do you, or like there are some of your goals to kind of move out of just the graphic design into more project leading? Or um, is, is like that, is UI, UX design kind of the field that you're comfortable and you would like to work in? Yeah, um, actually when I got laid off, I did, I took a couple interviews uh, for a product owner job and and just uh, to see what it was like. And I was thinking maybe I would give it a shot, but but then I sort of had a change of heart and just really wanted to stay in the UX UI space. And, and I think that's some that's what I'd like to keep doing. And um, I could see myself maybe uh, being a UX manager um, and, or possibly, you know, years down the road, in one of those higher uh, creative director type roles where um, where that you have a little bit of a leadership position, but but um, I'm more interested in the design, and I really love I really love design, and so I wouldn't want to stray too far away from that. I I don't think I would I would end up um, in like a a more of a just manager or business analyst or anything like that. So just kind of going back to some of the things that we said earlier, um, we talked about a little bit about like some new technologies you meant to learn. Uh, what are some of the technologies you use like right now? Like, I guess the one thing we know about is like Figma, but I'm, I guess we don't really know uh, too much about like what softwares are out there. Uh, in terms of like UI design. So could you maybe just quickly go over some of them and like what they do? And if people want to learn maybe like some, yeah, like so people can kind of know what to kind of learn. Absolutely. Um, the first, uh, the first, UI design software that I that I learned was Sketch. Um, Sketch is great. Um, it's it was kind of the first um, UI design specific program, I think. So before that, a lot of people would just use Photoshop uh, to create their UI designs, and then Sketch came along and was very very popular uh, for a while. And then um, as a tutor at Career Foundry, uh, uh, they allow their students to submit Sketch or Adobe XD files. And so I've gotten a little bit into Adobe XD. Um, that's a, it's a great uh, software too. It's um, where, where with Sketch, you need a, an extra plugin like InVision for the uh, software prototype, the prototyping. Um, with XD, it has its own prototyping feature, so that I think that's kind of cool. Um, it's great, obviously, if you're if you're a Photoshop and InDesign person and 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 Illustrator, and if you like the Adobe Creative Cloud, then that's a great one. Um, lately, I've been uh, my new company. We use Figma, so I've, Figma is kind of the uh, latest and greatest in UI design and. I've, it's more of a browser-based uh, software and has great collaboration uh, features, um, and uh, and it's got some kind of features that Sketch uh, doesn't have. I think like these uh, just different ways to manipulate the uh, components and and um, so aside from aside from design 
uh, softwares, I guess. Um, there's a, like Lucid Chart is something that we use at my company for flow charts. Um, uh, what else? I've used several different um, websites for like preference testing. So if you have kind of a, a component or a screen where you're wondering if you want, if you should have it, you know, a blue, dark blue or light blue, and then you, you throw up two screens and send out a survey and, and have people just click on the one they like and you get um, great results from that. I know, I don't know if you guys have ever watched the, uh, there's a documentary on Netflix called The Social Dilemma. And so they, those big companies that big digital products, they just run thousands and thousands and thousands of preference tests essentially to make their products as pleasing as possible. And so that's a great um, technology to use. Um, yeah, the prototyping softwares are awesome. It's awesome to use a prototype to be able to do usability testing and, and have someone really go click around on your design as if, as if it was already a website or an app. And um, you can even, you know, pull up your design on your cell phone and, and see how it looks on your, on your actual device. And that's pretty awesome. Um, what else do I use? Um, can't think of many other uh, softwares that I use at the moment. I'm sort of Re, I'm sort of uh, starting over with a new stack at my new company. So I'm sure there'll be some more that, that I come upon there. Yeah, just definitely like a lot to learn, I guess. And no, but um, I guess one thing that's a little, uh, a little different is, um, and maybe you don't know, because you haven't been in like the UI design uh, field for so long, but like, we're wondering like, how has UI design kind of like evolved over time? Like, I, has there been like kind of trends that people are going towards? Like, I think one thing we know about is like, people can try to be minimalist like these days in their websites. But, but if I kind of like go back and look at some websites from like uh, people who made, made them a long time ago, they look really different, right? They kind of have like, I guess you would say archaic fonts and everything. So I was wondering um, if you know, how has it evolved and like, what is like kind of the, um, like the current trend in how to design UI? Yeah, I think uh, one thing that is really, really interesting is how, how relatively new the field is. Um, I honestly, I don't know a ton about the history, but we had a little, we've had a little bit of, uh, of an introduction through some of the courses that I've taken. Um, but I think, you know, basically not more than, you know, 20 years ago, the, there, you barely would hear of UX designer, UI designer. And a lot of the design was done, I think probably by the front end developers. And a lot of places that's the smaller companies, that's kind of still how it is in some cases. And um, so, yeah, it is exciting because it's so new and, um, and just the, uh, the look and feel is always changing. Like you said, there's, there's always different trends um, coming along. And so, yeah, I think it's, uh, and it, I feel like it's only gonna get more and more uh, interesting from here on out. Um, as soon as the next, you know, great leap in technology comes in, and then we we've got our uh, our contact lenses with the with the computer chip in them, and and some you know the next crazy uh, products. So I think it's only gonna get more exciting and keep evolving from here. Yeah. So you talked about the evolution of the field. So 
what kind of new technologies do you envision that are going to come out that would like make your job easier as a UI designer? Hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. I think um, uh, I think right now with the way uh, things are, um, everything is pretty pretty developed and pretty refined at this point. Um, so I can't really think honestly of too much more that would make my job that much easier. There's already so many great tools for collaboration and for um, for design and development. Um, it's hard, that's a good question. It's hard for me to, uh, to picture that one. So with the UI world, right, that might be of course transitioning over the next couple of years, do you think, do you envision yourself kind of like in the UI field staying in some sort of a nine to five job or do you kind of see yourself branching out into something different? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think probably for the, for the next, uh, for the foresee foreseeable future, I think I'll be in probably a nine to five job, but eventually I do um, think it would be great to potentially start my own uh, design agency or you know, have have a team uh, work working together to to build websites. Um, I already have I have some people reaching out to me on Instagram lately, uh, asking me to design their websites, and I'm like, I've got a full time job and a and a part time job, so I don't really have time uh, for it. But I was if uh, if I could get a team together and 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 to help me out, I I think that would be something that I could do. So yeah, I think. Um, probably the next at least five to 10 years. Um, I think I would probably stay in a corporate environment, at least to, to some extent. Um, but down the, down the road, I would definitely be interested in trying to branch out. And I mean, everybody wants to have that type of freedom and flexibility where where you're the boss and you can, you know, you can go fly to Hawaii for a week and tell the tell the workers to finish the website. So that would, you know, that would be great someday. Yeah. So you have some great responses on like the day-to-day -day life of the UI designer and stuff and like what kind of technologies you use. So we wanted to have you look at a couple of our websites and give some feedback on it potentially on like what we can improve or like some viewers can use your advice in their own projects. So uh, I first wanted to show the, our own podcast website. Uh, I can share my screen now. Um, yeah. So this is kind of the layout we have for our website. So we start on the home page, and you can just pop in feedback or any thoughts you have on the like, structure of, a, of the site. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really not bad. Um, you've got a, a pretty consistent um, visual identity. I did. I took a look at it, and then I, I took a look at your um, at your podcast. Also, you've got a pretty consistent color scheme, and um, this page looks uh, pretty pretty standard for a landing page with uh, some good CTAs there. Um, I think it's it looks very usable. Um, some of the, I guess, one thing that I could pick on would just be the, uh, the, 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 the white text is in some places 
over top of some light colors. Um, so the readability um, suffers in a couple places. Um, something that I've seen is, um, you know, using kind of a light background gradient, possibly behind those titles so that um, the bottom of the screen is, you know, a, a high saturated color. And then as it, as it goes up, uh, and then it would get lighter and lighter and reveal the, uh, the picture underneath. Um, something like that would be a possible solution. Um, but I think um, you guys have done a pretty good job so far. Oh, real quick on that. So you're saying change like the background of these, um, like the each little kind of picture uh, and do sort of, sort of gradient instead of like, I guess, changing the fonts or look, the, color, the font color. Yeah, well, if you change the if you change the font color, um, that's not really a, an adequate solution because unless you do like a, an outlined uh, font where it would be like a white in the middle with a black outline, because if you make it darker, then it'll just blend in with the background. Um, but there are some places where the readability is tough. Uh, so that would just be one thing that I would pick on, I guess. Right. And I guess one thing I was wondering is like, we kind of want to have like the catalog of like episodes each time we upload, we just like post a new little tile. So do you think um, like right now, I'm sure we can adjust this, but right now we have like a three, three, and then a one. And the way we do is we do like 10 seasons per, or 10 episodes per season. So do you think they're like, I guess, I, I don't know if putting like five in a row would be like too much or too small, but like, what do you think maybe a good option here would be like kind of ladies out. Yeah. So yeah, I guess you could, um, another thing you could consider would be a, a kind of a carousel where there's an arrow on the right, you know, to click and to keep looking over um, and rather than scrolling down, that might be one way to um, take advantage of sort of screen real estate and, um, but also let the user know that there's more, more to see. Um, that would be just one idea. I see. Okay. And uh, I guess this is maybe not like necessarily UI design, more of like a, a marketing, marketing thing. Do you think having like a, at the top of the page, do you think uh, if you want to scroll to the top of the page again, but like right now what we're doing is we kind of have just like a title page. Do you think it'd be better to have maybe let's say like, the title and then like a brief description and like some sort of promotion there? Or do you think kind of having like the newest episode there with like a link would be a, a better option? Like what, what maybe it's more of a marketing question, but what would be a better way to present like the, the initial page that people see? Uh, I think, I think this is a pretty good approach. Um, you, I can see there's an about us page. So if the user wants to learn more about you guys, then they can go there. If they want to, um, to just get started listening to the podcast and they can click or they can um, go to either YouTube or Spotify. So that seems like, um, it seems like a pretty good landing page to me. Yeah, I can just go over the next couple of pages and you can just nitpick like anything that you can see that is wrong. Like we have the about us page, it's a completely different page. So you can just nitpick what you think maybe a little bit out of place or needs to be addressed maybe. It's kind of like the same layout with the podcast uh, tiles we had in the first page. Mm -hmm. 
right now. Yeah, it looks pretty good. I guess one um, one thing is uh, with the profile pictures is these days it's pretty uh, pretty universal to have profile pictures be around. It's rather than rectangular, so that would be just one thing that I might uh, think about. Um, also, I guess you can consider something uh, uh, to sort of uh, take advantage of the screen real estate, similar to my previous comment, you could just have the users maybe scroll um, to the right to view uh, more of the images and um, could possibly reduce, maybe reduce the size of the images slightly so you could see all of you guys uh, together easier um, would be one idea. And then maybe, I don't know if you have a, uh, like a bio uh, for each one of you, if maybe there was, could be a read more uh, type link or button or a learn more uh, for each individually to, I don't know, view your individual bios or something like that. Yeah, okay. That makes a lot of sense. So we wanted to get into our second website now, which is kind of a project that focuses on like, de like detecting like suicidal tendencies and like text. So we kind of set it up like a, a product with a, a big homepage, basically describing our product and our mission and our process. And then each of these individual sub pages you see on the nav bar right here are gonna like be the actual product and actually like detecting these messages, using these messages and like text boxes and stuff. So I can quickly run through this page and like pretty much anyone can make any comments they have on the site. I like the uh, color scheme, looks pretty good. The text, um, one idea on the text, something that I like to use and uh, is just maybe show the first three lines or four lines of the paragraph and then have a, have a link on uh, a small text link on the bottom right that just says read more um, so that that it's sort of reduces the cognitive load on the user. And, um, and then if they're interested and they just click to read more, that could be one idea. Yeah, definitely. So on the like, initial, um, like at the very top on the initial page, there's like the picture and then the, the menu bar and like the colors kind of conflict there. Um, do you see that as like a problem or like, like you can see like the home screen selected and the purple kind of blends with the picture. Um, yeah, it's, um, it looks like ample contrast to me. Um, however, we, um, it's not um, the, the only differentiation between the active selected um, tab and the others is color. So one thing um, you want to consider when uh, designing websites is uh, ADA, you know, Americans with Disabilities Act um, accessibility. So I like to, I actually have a post on my Instagram page called Design for the Colorblind, because when I'm, um, when I'm designing, I like, especially with this, with the active uh, tab or active icon to add something that's a difference in form rather than, or difference in color value rather than um, just difference in hue, because if you, if you are colorblind and you looked at these 
three words, although one is purple and the others are kind of gray, they're pretty similar in terms of value. So if you looked at them uh, in black and white, you, you probably wouldn't be able to tell which one was active or selected. And so you'll notice that often um, the uh, like bottom navigation menus will use an underline uh, just under the active tab or icon, or they'll use like an outline filled style where the inactive icons are have an outline style and then the selected icon um, is a filled style where it's, you know, it's, it's solid. Um, so that would be one thing I would consider maybe is just using an underline uh, under the active tab there. That's interesting. We never really thought about, yeah, like designing websites for colorblind and stuff. Um, the other thing was um, this part, this project is, is kind of like a service page as in there's like some expected user input and then it'll generate some sort of prediction, which like if you want to show the initial analysis and advanced analysis page. Yeah, let's just quickly go through the rest of this page and then we can move on to that. Uh, so this part, like it just, it's a counter that loads up the statistics of our project and uh, we found it kind of neat. Uh, yeah. So do you have any input on whether this is useful for like a UI design? Or... Let me just read it real quick. Yeah, I think um, I, it seems valuable to me. And and this type of um, component, I think, is really um, it's it's a really it's a really effective um, to have this kind of um, thing with with numbers. I in my um, when I designed my website for my previous company, Open Technology Solutions, actually have sort of a similar component where. Um, there's five different companies in the consortium. And so we had how many bank branches and how many office buildings and how many um, credit union members and how many this. And so it was sort of similar to this with like four or five different numbers. And, and that, was, uh, that was a big hit uh, with the leadership at the company. And I think people really like components like this. So I think it's, yeah, I think it's good. So the rest of the page is pretty much this, a similar like UI design. Yeah. And let's move on to the like the analysis page. This is for like a user who wants to get to get their like prediction very quickly. It's like a one-stop shop for determining if like a, a patient is like suicidal or depressed. So it's like a one-stop shop for it. I know Sajeev had something you wanted to discuss for this. Yeah, so one thing that we kind of had a debate about was like at the very top, um, I thought like including an image and, and like a, just like a title was like unnecessary. It just made it like the user had to scroll down to get to the part that they kind of know what they're selecting on the page for. So what do you think images add to this site and, and do you think like they're necessary or, or overused? Um. Yeah, I think it's um, the image sort of sets the tone, uh, definitely, and just sort of lets you know what the what this space is, what the product is about, and um, and the colors the color scheme matches with all your others. 
Um, yeah, I guess one thing that I would criticize on this page is there's not really a clear call to action. Uh, there's kind of a subtitle and then a title, but it's a little, I guess, without, uh, without scrolling down the page, the user might not, just doesn't really know what they're supposed to do here, maybe. So I might just add, consider adding some kind of call to action, and that doesn't have to be a button. It could be you know, it could be just something that says scroll down for to learn more, or it could be, um, you know, something or something like that. But, uh, but yeah, I think it's a little, it does feel a little, um, a little empty, maybe. Right. Uh -huh. That makes sense. And yeah, I guess that, yeah. And then I guess here's just like the basic, um, like user interaction, like, I, I think, uh, maybe is there like a better way to just do I guess if, if, if they need to type like you know type something up or I guess is like a, a text box like this maybe should it be wider or like are the buttons I guess this is like really great would you want maybe two buttons next to each other or like one above one below hmm. um, for the width I think the width is good um, you never want to stretch text too wide because the most readable line length is about 45 to 75 characters. So this looks like a pretty good line length to me. It, 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 I wouldn't definitely wouldn't go any wider. Um, uh, in terms of the buttons, um, so tell me what uh, what is the user doing on this screen? Give me a give me an introduction to yeah. what they're doing here. Yeah, sure. So basically, this um, the the basic concept of the project is that if you have uh, if if you if you kind of like have an idea that maybe your loved one is kind of um based on like their tone and the things they say they might be like depressed or have some sort of mental health issues basically this is like an ai screening app that basically um if you input text it can run like a prediction on that and determine like on a scale like how likely is this to be like depressed or how likely is it to be suicidal so that's kind of the basic um concept of the project and it was like a hackathon project so it was more of like a um trying to build like a uh, something that works but um Right here is just where the user would basically either upload the screenshot or um, type in, you know, the uh, the things they've heard and stuff like that. So this is just like the the main user interaction of the entire app. Mm -hmm. Okay, I see. Yeah. Um, and so if they click on the upload screenshot um, button, what happens? It's just a regular like upload, and then it'll submit. But um, basically. Um, Actually, maybe if uh, if, you, if you want to just write something and just show them like the next page of like, yeah, yeah. I guess what happens after. But basically, it'll just be like basic typing or whatever. And right now, like we can just upload anything and it'll, it'll kind of show. Um, so it kind of just loads. And then while it's running, it will hopefully it doesn't crash right now. It does crash sometimes, <laughs> but uh, um, let's see. It's not going to crash. And I reset it. Okay, good. Yeah, but it uh, takes a little while to load. But basically, the context of this page is basically like a quick analysis. The next page is for the more like time-consuming analysis. So yeah. And so this is kind of just like a basic, I guess, guide of like what to do next after you have this. Maybe like what are the next steps of using the app? And um, we have like a, like I guess the redirect to the next page is right there, where it says, "Please go to our advanced analysis page." But is there maybe um, so, and that's one question. Is a bad way to do that. And the other question would be. Uh, basically, we're putting our output. We say, according to our algorithm, the text has been classified as depression. Do you think maybe that should be like on its own line bolded, or is this layout good? Or 
Um, mm. What do you think? Um, so I just, I just had a thought on the last page that you were showing me. Um, I was thinking maybe um, I'm not always a big fan of like having the uh, sort of having the, the input field right there um, ready to go and then having the, the button or the uh, screenshot upload ready to go. I would think about maybe having a title, some kind of title that says, um, are you concerned about your loved one um, title? And then says um, either upload a screenshot or submit a comment to receive advice or receive or you know something along those lines and then maybe just having two buttons one says upload screenshot and one says enter comment and then um, when you click the either one then it goes to the respective uh, modal or or maybe even after if you click uh, open or submit comment enter comment then the input field appears um, or something like that just so so that you you give the, the user just a simple choice between two buttons rather than having the 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 button and then the input field and then another button. Um, so kind of have like a like a drop down in a sense of like don't just prompt them right away, kind of explain what's going on and then like let them themselves kind of get ready to upload. Yeah, I think just make it um, just make the choice look as simple as possible and. And also, I guess there's a thing here that is, um, it's not clear if if they need to do one or the other, or if they need to do both. And if they, if you click upload screenshot, then um, I guess I'm not sure what to expect. If it's going to have a a modal pop up, and then I upload it, and then can I leave a comment too, and then hit submit, and then it submits both of them. Or when I upload the screenshot, am I just gonna submit the screenshot? But but what if I want to leave a comment too? You know, so I guess um, having the it's a little um, seems just a little disjointed somehow. Maybe I see. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, great. So, we'll definitely consider that. Yeah. Yeah. So after this page, the users like redirected to our advanced analysis page where they get more like advanced screening on like specifics on like how like how depressed they are based on like a professional like uh, like rating on how depressed you are and like just basically more advanced analysis on like a patient. Mm -hmm. So here we have like three different text boxes and like a description of what you need to input. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the same thing as the first one except there's like three different ones so you can notice changes in the suicidal tendencies or depressive tendencies. Mm -hmm. So um, can you scroll up to the text at the top? So one thing I would advise would be to, um, to either reduce the amount of text here or to break it up um, because it's, um, it's just a lot of, it's a lot of lines of text and then text uh, with varying styling also. I think the, um, the, uh, the please note that this application is still in development um, I would probably make that look more like a disclosure um, and probably be smaller than the, um, than the paragraph text above it and maybe have just a little asterisk by it. And so, so that the user reads it more as a kind of a disclosure rather than 
when it's kind of bold like this and about the same size as the paragraph text, then it's it seems important. Like like we definitely need to read it. Um, and um, so I would I would definitely I would explore ways to um, to reduce the amount of text at the top of the screen here because um, yeah it's just a, it's a lot of uh, it's a large cognitive load kind of right off the bat when you go to the page. Right. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's kind of like the main questions we had about the website these two pages, but we really appreciate you looking at the two websites. These are probably our two. Um, I get we do done a lot of other hackathon projects, but these are the main ones that we kind of still work on. So mm -hmm. we really appreciate the feedback um, because we are going to still work on these improvements. But uh, yeah, thanks so much for the feedback on the website. And yeah, we had a, definitely had a great conversation. Yeah, I enjoyed talking to you guys, and uh, and once again, great work. And uh, I'm sure you guys are going to have a real really bright future. Yeah, thank you. All right, so I guess we're just gonna conclude it here. We had a great conversation about um, how they got into the field of UI through kind of an unconventional background, how UI has evolved, the specifics of UI and working with customers. And then we got some feedback on some of our own websites and we saw the technical aspects of UI design. And we learned a lot today and we'd like to thank our guests for coming on. Um, we had a really good time talking to you. Thank you. Thanks guys.